Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Keith Monaghan and Keith is a market researcher, I hope I pronounced a surname right there Keith, uh, who has helped creative teams with uh, projects for Nike, for CW Television Network, Upworthy and other companies that you've probably heard of and as he puts here in his bio many that you probably haven't. Uh, He Previously, he's created and managed an email marketing campaign to millions of subscribers for companies like NBC Television, Lucasfilm, uh, yes, the Star Wars people, and many technology companies as well. To his surprise, and I want to dig a little bit deeper in this later on, uh, help with email marketing is still a common request that he gets from clients and friends. So he wrote a book. Easy email marketing, 10 simple steps for creating and sending email your customers will love. And we're just talking before the recording started there, Keith. I'm a big fan of email marketing. It generates a huge amount of leads for for me and good quality leads as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how this short ebook is packed with those decades of experience that you have in email marketing. And as it says here in your bio, it's for small businesses, makers, and side hustlers like you, okay, um, <laughs> who want to start uh, creating and sending awesome emails to customers. And the 10 steps are easy and short to help you get your email marketing up and running quickly and get results. And that's the important thing, isn't it? Welcome to today's podcast, Keith. And what a well, great, thank you. What a thank great you bio. for having me. Well, you know, um, I'm a marketer, so I have to market myself as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. If if, uh, if we can't do it, who can? That's right. Right. So thinking about uh, today, and let's, let's start talking about what we're drinking, because you know, as we were just going through the, the format of the podcast earlier, you know, I, I saw you drinking a couple of drinks. You've got one in a, mm-hmm. like a red mm-hmm. mug and another one in, in, a, in a flask, a thermos flask there. Right. Tell us a little bit about the, the drink that you have today and why. So um, the drink I have today is hot water, which is okay. not coffee. Or yep. maybe maybe half coffee. Half coffee, um, yeah. Uh, so I stopped drinking coffee a, a while ago, just for health reasons, nothing major, just a minor yep. minor heart murmur that was more annoying than anything else. Okay. Um, but before that, I was an avid coffee fan to the point where I was roasting my own beans wow. um, and really getting into it. And, and through that process, discovered that I really loved a specific type of roast that we here in the US call a full city roast which is just a step down from an Italian roast or a French roast. So it's got the yeah. nice dark roasty flavors, a little less bitter, yeah. kind of some chocolatey notes. Um, and so when I was drinking coffee, my goodness, that was my drink of choice, the, the full city roast. Um, these days, it's mostly decaffeinated or uncaffeinated herbal things that I stick in my, yeah. my mug or hot water. So yeah. I do miss coffee quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I would too, but uh, you're right. You know, sometimes we do have to look at what we're drinking. It's interesting as we've been doing these podcasts, how many people have drunk different things. And usually it's because of two reasons. One, it's what they enjoy. 
or two, it's what's good for them. Right. Uh, and it tends right. to be those two polarizing effects on what they're drinking. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I still firmly believe that coffee was good for me. If, if that's not, you know, a little bit of self uh, fooling, but yeah. uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and, and here I am. So I'm interested in mm. the mug. You've got something written on, and obviously listeners yeah. can't see that here because it's it's audio. But just tell us a little bit about what's on the on the mug because it's quite I'll a size of a mug you. there as well. It yeah. is. It is. It's overly sized, like like everything in America, and um, it's bright red. Yep. And you can see that it's quite worn. I believe I'm probably <laughs> ingesting the red the red paint on the outside <laughs> of the mug. Yeah. Um, and there are letters on the front, words in in white. It says make. Yep. And then below that, it says excuses. And the word excuses is crossed out. Okay. And below that crossed out excuses, it says things. So the message is don't make excuses, make things. Make things, great. Um, and it's my favorite coffee mug because on the days that I don't feel like doing anything, yeah, <laughs> or yep. I struggle to get up and running, yep. it, it motivates see me. That. To, that. I see this and it motivates me to make something, whether it's an ebook or a phone call yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, so I've, uh, it's my beloved mug and, uh, it motivates me every day. So, and, it, and it's interesting you say they're beloved because, you know, people get very attached to the, the mugs that they drink out of. And usually it's mugs. Very rarely is it cups. I think sometimes people do get attached to cups. My wife's got a cup, a China cup that she's very mm. precious of, and she'll only drink tea in that particular cup because she says it tastes so different in it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I get, I get more passionate about my mugs because of somebody who bought me the mug or as you've just said there, the message on it. And I'm sure the listeners have got other things that attach them to their mugs. And sometimes it's quite destroying when they get broken as well, isn't it? Oh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I can remember one of my office managers breaking my prized motorcycle mug. Oh, and no. she, it took her two days before she'd admit to me that she'd broken it. <laughs> Uh, I was away at the time. I, I was in Toronto as we were talking earlier on, looking at hot tubs. And uh, yeah, it was two days before she said, yeah, whilst you've been away, I've broken your mug. You know, it's funny that you, that you bring that up. I am not a collector of anything. Yet when I travel, I always try to find the cheesiest, tackiest coffee mug I can in order to remind me of that trip. And I have a small collection up in our cabinet and I am absolutely paranoid of a, a child or someone <laughs> opening the cabinet and breaking one and I, yeah. it makes no sense but uh, yeah. there's a deep and emotional attachment to these mugs yeah. and well um, it'd be children, worth looking into. Yeah. yeah children are one thing i would also be aware of office managers they they also have the same <laughs> effect fumbling hands i think sometimes there's a little difference right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so you've, you've explained a little bit about your favorite coffee uh, mm -hmm. and it's interesting yeah i'm a big starbucks fan i love my starbucks mm -hmm. coffee and uh, the other night on one of the podcasts i decided to try a different roast and it was interesting it was a they have their intensity levels it was in a level right. level 11 but it wasn't as bitter but i did notice when i read the box before i had it that that had got a sort of cocoa chocolate mm -hmm. tint to it as well so perhaps that was a similar it, roast. it was probably it espresso roast. I think they okay. call it. Yeah, they're very good at renaming things um, yeah. and, and branding, which is what they do. They're fantastic at it. Um, yeah, my understanding is that the full, you know, there's uh, roasting beans is a spectrum. Yeah. And it's a very fine line between turning from a full city roast to an Italian roast or a French roast. And there's a lot of variability within each of those roasts. So it sounds to me like they're they're playing around in the full city 
mm. roasting window there, which yeah, yeah. is yeah, Definitely. it's good stuff. Yeah. So when you drank your coffee, how did you take it? Did you have it with cream, black, sugar? Black is night. Black is night. Just okay. straight up. Right. Yeah. I wanted all the, the full effect and the aroma. And um, uh, there was just something about that that roast specifically that lent itself to drinking black that yeah. certainly was good with cream, but there was something about how it just stood up, stood on its own without any, yeah. uh, any additions. Yeah. And I realized the other day, but one of the reasons I drink black coffee, uh, we went to, into our local town and we can still only do takeaway coffees. We can't go into oh, anywhere right. at the moment because of the lockdown. And so we stood out in the marketplace and it was freezing cold. And I sat there with my coffee uh, on a market stall. And for the first time I had a, I think it was a, a honey something syrup latte. Mm. Normally I have a black coffee, black filter coffee from Starbucks, but it went cold so quick when it was a latte. And I realized that day mm. that a reason I drink it black is because it stays warmer for so much longer. You don't realize when they latte it up or when they cappuccino, whatever it is, it just cools it down, doesn't it? Even with that the warm so milk. Yeah. yeah. I've never noticed that, although I don't drink many lattes, but yeah. uh, that's fascinating. Huh. So thinking about your, your business and you know, your, your market researcher, um, what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've worked on in your own business is it is it the ebook or has there been something that's being either later or more significant because you've got such a, a varied history there to compare against. yeah and jack of all trades um I, you know i would say what we're doing now reaching mm. out talking to people being on podcasts that kind of thing um i read a book i don't remember the name what book i got this from but um this is another thing that motivates me. I have a, a little sticky note on my computer that says, make one unreasonable request every day. Oh, and um, okay. that has really been the change I've made in my business. And, and I interpret that to mean unreasonable in the sense that it, it feels unreasonable to you. Okay. Maybe uncomfortable and maybe a little out of the ordinary for anyone. It's not, it's not a demanding request. It's not a rude request, but uh, a request such as, hey, I'd like to be on your podcast. Or as the author of the book yeah. made an example, he called his publisher one day and said, I'd like a box of 100 books to give away to people, which is apparently very rare in the publishing industry. And yeah. his publisher said yes. So wow. it, it falls right into that. If you don't ask, you don't get. Um, yeah. And you don't meet people, right? And, and, it's, and in the end, business is all about who you know and meeting people and starting relationships. So yeah. make that unreasonable request, even if it feels a little odd to you. Yeah. So how was it before you started making those requests? What, what kind I, yeah. of shift has there been? What transformation yeah. has there been? I mostly relied on my previous clients to give me new clients, word of mouth, right? Okay. I was very, yeah. as a marketer, you know, uh, I, I should be ashamed, but I was very lazy about it. I had clients who would refer me to new clients. Yeah. Well, why would I, why would I, why would I be up yeah. there yeah. hitting the, the street? Um, but, you know, as soon as I wrote this ebook, I realized I've got something to share, something more to share that's a little beyond what I'm doing for clients um, and something that many people can benefit from. And yeah. it never hurts to um, adjust how you address the world as a human being and as a business. And um, yeah. I thought, well, gosh, you know, I have a little podcasting experience. Why am I not doing this on a more regular basis? Yeah. Um, and it's proven to be really rewarding. So. Yeah. 
it's it's fun isn't it you know you get yeah. to meet lots of people yeah. from you know we're in different parts of the world you're in portland oregon you know i'm here in the middle of the uk you know who would have known 18 months ago that so many right. people around the world would communicate as as we're doing absolutely which is amazing yeah and it's it's also i find it very encouraging that you can meet so many people that have similar interests and passions as you you know often yeah. as a freelancer especially but certainly during quarantine we're all isolated to some yep. sense and you're, you're kind of um, lacking that casual contact of running into someone in the hall at the office or something and yeah. um, I find that this re not only replaces that but in a sense uh, surpasses it because here we are like you said speaking around the globe yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's talking about common issues and ideas um, I find that I will never not find that fascinating yeah so thinking about the unreasonable request and making one every day, and I love that. And that's probably going to be the title of his podcast because I, I just love that. Give us a couple of ideas of perhaps when it's gone well and when you've had perhaps a response that you didn't expect mm. to that unreasonable request. Mm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I've made requests. Well, I made a request with um, a fairly popular business podcast here in America mm. and um, got a fairly firm thanks, but no thanks response. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it's just me, maybe it's just age and, and caring less what people think, but, um, you know, it didn't really bother me. I think of it more as um, a numbers game. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at people across the, the board, a wide variety of people in shows wanting to talk to people. And if it doesn't work for them at that time, that's fine. Maybe I'll yeah. revisit it later. Maybe I won't, but yeah. uh, I'm more interested in well, to, to address your question directly, I find it easier to actively forget the requests that go poorly yeah. and focus yeah. on the ones that go well. And that's not, not a natural thing for me. It's a skill that's come over time, yeah. uh, over you know aging and getting older. But um, I think that's the key, probably one of the keys to this is to, to shrug and say, oh, well, not them. I'm yeah. on to the next. I'm just someone like Simon. Yeah, yeah. Who, who wants to yeah, talk. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And it's it's interesting you say that because I, as you were saying, uh, that telling us that story, I remembered what a mentor of mine told me just after I'd left school uh, and and college, and he said, you know, never be afraid to to ask, and if you ever get told no, remember just two words. He said, and say these two words really really quickly because the quicker you say these two words the more, as you say, you will forget it and the more you move on from it. And the two words he gave me was their loss. Oh, I love it. I absolutely that love was it. it. And, 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 you know, that's, I, not, I have not verbalized that, but that's kind of the attitude I take. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and the speed at which we say that helps us move on. It helps us right. believe it as well, doesn't it? Because if we're not careful, those inner voices start to trigger and you start to lose that confidence or the imposter syndrome kicks in. So, so if you think quickly, yeah. their loss, listeners move on. And I think that's a great, yeah. great thing to do. And that kind of relates to something else that I, that I strongly feel is that, you know, we often talk ourselves down. We don't talk ourselves up. Mm. And, uh, you know, in the context of get, making a request that gets turned down, it's also important to remember that some of the things that we do that seem boring and simple are magic to other people. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so if someone turns you down, 
uh, it is their loss, absolutely. But also, let's go find the people who are thrilled by what you do, the simple things that you do that you are, are not necessarily uh, impressed by. You know, you don't look, wake yeah. up every morning saying, my God, I've got to do email marketing. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you have this, you know, deep experience and, and people think of it as magic. You know, I have a good friend who, who has a, a creative studio, design studio here in Portland, and they do all kinds of amazing stuff. And he's the kind of guy who can pick up a pen and draw while he's talking on the phone. You know, a, a, not just a, an interesting drawing, but a beautiful drawing. And to him, yeah. it's, that's one thing. To me, it's absolute sorcery. It is yeah. just, it is magic from the heavens. So um, I, I think related to being rejected when you make an unreasonable request is also to, and, and boosting yourself by saying there are laws, is to also boost yourself by saying, you know what? That person just doesn't see the magic thing that I do. Mm. And, and I'm ready to go find people who do appreciate the magic thing I do. Forget him, yeah. you know. So let so let's change that for four words then. All right. Their loss, someone's gain, or someone's magic. Uh, let's have like that. that. Someone's magic. Yeah. There their loss, go. some someone's magic. Oh boy, that's good. Yeah. That's Great. good. We'll trade about that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I expect that on a coffee mug. Yes, that'd be great. Yes, that's that's great. So thinking about unreasonable requests, is there one where you've made it and you've just been blown away that it's actually been accepted and it's just been something so special that you feel able to share with the listeners? Hmm, that's a good question. One that's really blown up. <clears throat> I, I would say the ones that have really blown up for me that I think about it and am pleased that I made the unreasonable request were ones that, you know, where I have contacted a friend of a client, someone that I know they know, but my client has not introduced me. Yeah. There's no communication. And I thought, well, they do something similar. I'm going to reach out, um, which again, is a little opposite my, my natural personality. Yeah. And, um, you know, reached out, sent an email or made a phone call and said, hey, I know so-and-so over here. We're good friends. We've done some work. I know you guys are good friends or acquaintances. Yeah. Can we get together? Can I talk about what I do or, or whatever? And uh, I've won a handful of really great clients over the years doing that, who, who right. I really appreciate. And um, had I not made that unreasonable request, uh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd be without them. But at the same time, I've been rejected doing that, and yeah. their loss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, someone else's magic. Someone yep. else's magic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. So to me, to me, the real wins are the business relationships that have come out of just making a blind request to somebody who doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Uh, but we have something in common. Someone or something in common. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And that's, I think that's a really important thing for your listeners to take away, that if you've got that commonality, if you've got that anchor in some way that just mm -hmm. pins them down, gives you something that you can mention, talk about, leverage, then then that's where the magic happens. Yeah, you know, I, I've also um, found, not to dwell on this topic too much, but I've also found that, that with social media, whether it's email, which I consider social media or Twitter or Instagram, whatever, um, contacting authors of books that you like and just saying, mm. Hey, <laughs> I loved on page 27 when you said, blah, 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 blah. And yep. it really impacted me. And I love it. I, th I think 
too people people are too afraid to reach out to creators of any kind, especially well-established yeah. ones. Um, you know, I've not had any amazing business or, or anything come out of these these uh, conversations, but I have had some dialogues with people, yeah. you know, who write business books that have been really rewarding. And uh, reach out to the creators, let them know you appreciate what they do and exactly what they do. Yeah, I don't know where he's from, but um, there's an author of uh, two books, two great books, uh, Pitch Anything and Flip the Script, Alan Claff. Oh, okay. Uh, and, yeah, very, very sort of renowned in, in the sector of doing deals uh, and negotiating. And I did exactly that. You know, I put him a review on, on LinkedIn, you know, connected with him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't connected with him on LinkedIn, but I connected, sent him a message, uh, saying, you know, I loved the book, as you mentioned, you know, talked about a page. And we hit up a bit of a dialogue and he sent me a copy of his book, all signed with a lovely postcard in it. That's wonderful. Uh, and, and we've exchanged a few messages. Daniel Priestley, oversubscribed author as well. Yeah, I've had a couple oh, wow. of chats with him. John Warrilow, Built to Sell. Yeah. And oh, that's really? A, that's a wow. great thing. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. And just to have those, you know, conversations is, uh, is really good and very worthwhile. Has any business come of it? No. Are there good stories to tell? Yes. But did I personally, you know, learn anything from those conversations? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's validating in a way to be yeah. seen as, uh, you know, maybe a peer by these people or someone yeah. worth conversing with. It's really, uh, you know, back to the, someone sees your magic, you know, someone yeah. sees what you do. So I'm intrigued to know a little bit more about the, the, the ebook that you've got there, mm -hmm. email, easy email marketing. Tell us a little bit more about that book and, and how it served you and how it can serve other people. Um, you know, it served me in a, in a couple ways. So I, I'll tell my, my backstory a little bit to, to put mm. it in context. Um, my wife and I moved from Los Angeles north to San Francisco in the late 90s. Um, ended up in the middle of the Silicon Valley at a time when things were booming and the internet was new and shiny. Um, I landed a job at a, at a startup called zoom.com X O O M. Mm -hmm. um, they okay. gave people free web pages software. Um, and that's where I learned about email marketing, fell into it, um, was okay. one of the few people who could, as an, as what we call here an English major, which is kind of embarrassing to say to you, but, um, uh, one of the few people who could communicate not only with the software engineers, but with the customers could write copy, yeah. do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that company was bought by NBC television. I went on to marketing roles in several other companies, but email marketing always followed me. I was always the guy, oh, hey, you know email marketing, um, which at the time seemed appropriate. Email was new and not everybody had it. Most yeah. people in America didn't have it. Yeah. It was growing and that was kind of a thing. Um, but as the years went on and my, my roles grew and I became a freelancer and, and took on marketing research and bigger marketing projects not related to email marketing, like I said, friends and acquaintances would, would come my way. Hey, I need some advice about email marketing. Hey, can you help me with this? And I don't know, one time last year, my friend here in Portland, who owns the design company that I talked about, had a, has a friend down in um, South America who has a resort. And she was wondering about email marketing and he sent her my way. And after having a few phone conversations with her and sending a few emails back and forth, I thought, well, I have, I have missed an opportunity here. I can, mm -hmm. I can write down the very basics for someone who's getting started like she is and get her up and running and 
you know, sending out marketing emails that her customers will appreciate and that are better than what her competitors are doing in yeah. a few steps. Um, so I wrote the book. Great. Um, had it, had it edited. Oh, so, that, so that's what started the book. That's what, that's what started the book. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought after the exchanging with her, we'd hit on most of the topics in the book. And I thought, well, yeah. gosh, I've just outlined this thing. Why am I, <laughs> why am I not writing it? Yeah. Um, had it professionally edited, edited because, you know, as a, as a writer, I'm, I find punctuation difficult <laughs> yeah. and um, sent it out in the world, you know, and, and here I am promoting it. So the thing that has really, I think helped me is that um, only a few, it's, so it's, it costs uh, $5 US on Apple books and Amazon Kindle. It's free on my website. You can read it on the, the website or download it yep. free. It wasn't really about the money. Uh, you know, I've made a few bucks here and there selling it on mm. Amazon and Apple. What it's really done is is given me credibility in people's eyes, as does being on podcasts, yeah. right? Yeah. When when people can look at what um, a chunk of your knowledge, and assess yeah. that you you at least seem to understand what you're talking about in an ebook or a, a blog post or something. Totally agree. Um, or being on a podcast like this one. Yeah. My gosh, it adds so much credibility to you uh, as a professional and as a human being. And the more you do it, the more you put out, um, the more credibility you you gain. So as an example, there, um, I ran across a service called Listenable. Uh, it's an app in the App Store, the Apple yeah. App Store. And I think they have an Android version as well. And basically, there are audio lessons for professionals. Okay. And they're always looking for teachers. So I sent them a copy of my book. And... Now I have a, a lesson on e easy email marketing that's coming up on Listenable, which is a giant wow. marketplace. And they, you know, it pays, but it's, it's not going to make me rich. But yeah, there's another. So it, it, it created a series of credibility steps, yeah. right? I became credible with this uh, owner of a resort down in South America by sending yeah. this to her. Here's what we talked about. Here's formulas. Then I became credible with people who downloaded it. And I got a few good reviews. And now... I'm on podcasts and there's credibility on top of that. And now I'm yeah. on this listenable thing, which when that comes out, I hope adds to credibility to that. So um, for me, it's like you say, it's not about direct profits. At least it hasn't been yet. Not that I would yeah. turn away a book deal yeah, yeah. if anyone's listening. Yes, of course. But so, you know, it, it's really, it's become a ladder of credibility to make a, a yeah. painful metaphor. And the, the more I, I talk about it, the more I put it out there, the more credibility I get. Um, yeah. I'm always amazed when people write eBooks in, in particular uh, or short books that very often people feel that they've got to withhold the value. Mm -hmm. It's almost as though they're trying to give somebody a sneak preview of that credibility right. and that authority that you just mentioned there because they don't want to give everything away for free and they want to sell everything else that they've got, but they're missing a trick, aren't they? Because if you give so much value in that, the credibility is exponential. It's, it's amazing the difference it can make. So you know, I'd strongly encourage anybody who's thinking of doing something similar to what Keith has done here, you know, don't hold back, give, give your very best because if you do that as, as Keith has done in this book, then that's where the magic happens, not just for the author, but also for the, the reader or the listener. Absolutely. On the format it's, it. a, it's a virtue. It becomes a virtual sloop, right? Yeah. You're, you're helping the, the reader. They're going to talk about you and help you. Um, yep. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's as someone who I assume reads a lot of business books, I see quite a few on your shelf there. Yep. How frustrating is it to, to buy a business book and be halfway through it and realize this is all fluff. I have learned nothing. Yep. Right. It, 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 um, you may be holding secrets back, but as for me, it makes me angry. It makes me dislike the author. Yeah. Frustrating. Um, definitely. Right. So put your, put your best out there. And I, you know, unbelievably you will get more, positive feedback and more traction by constantly putting your best stuff out there. Yeah. So for the listeners then, you know, I'm intriguing. Mm-hmm. You know, I say a lot sure. of my success, a lot of my leads come from email marketing and certainly the, the, the quality of them and the value of the clients they turn into is, is exceptional for email marketing. You know, it's interesting you call it social media because I call it content marketing. So Ooh, I like it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter where you put content, whether it's an article, a blog, uh, a post or an email you know it's all content isn't it it's all marketing through mm-hmm. content and where, where can people find this this ebook then where could all this this book on amazon that you've mentioned how do people get sure. hold of it sure so you can just go to readeasyemail.com and that'll take you to my website so you don't have to spell my last name okay and um you can read it online free you can download the, the pdf free no sign up necessary or you can find links to apple books or amazon kindle so readeasyemail.com Fantastic. And from a point of view of yourself, how do people connect with you? you know, if people are looking to talk to you further mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. about market research or email marketing, or you know, they just want to digest some more of your content, how do people connect to you? Uh, you know, I, I go to readeasyemail.com again, and that'll take you to keithmonahan.com, which you can find articles, you can find a contact form, um, you can yeah. find links on the about page to Twitter, Instagram, all those things and um, you know, get in touch any way you want. So I, I'd love to hear from people and I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. Yeah, fantastic. Is there any social media platform that you prefer? You know, are you stronger on? I'm, just, you know, mm. I'm intrigued, I've, last few people, I've had some people say Facebook's for them. Some people said LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram is not one that's come up very often. Interesting. But, but... Um, you know, I, boy, I, I've, re- I've really, you know, as, as a marketer, I love social media. Mm. Uh, as a as a person, I've really struggled with it lately, <laughs> based yeah. on what's happened in the world and uh, yeah, certainly yeah. here in the U.S. Um, so you know, I've kind of pulled back, but but at the same time, uh, I'm very selective about how I use it and and really wanting to put things of value out there. Um, yeah. For me, Twitter, there's something about the written word that that really works well. Yeah. Um, but I've had to really refine it and really be selective about who I deal with and, and who I follow yeah. so I can create um, a Twitter that's focused on providing value for businesses and people who want what yeah. I'm talking about and not filling my head with the vitriol that's out there. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. And, there's lo- probably... and there's lots of that on Twitter. Yeah, isn't there? absolutely. Yeah. 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 So if you could give the listeners a tip, and I'm hoping you're going to give us a tip, mm-hmm. perhaps on email marketing, perhaps it's sure. uh, something different, but if you could give the listeners a tip which they could take away and do something with after this uh, podcast, I'm always keen that people take action with what they've learned in these podcasts. Keith, what would you give them to take away today? What tip or lesson to share? You know, I, um, I'll give a tip, one of my favorites, if not my favorite, for, for all marketing and maybe all communication. And that is clear is better than clever. Okay. So if you're doing social media marketing, if you're sending a, a marketing email, if you're just communicating with your staff or, or a client, uh, 
Um, but especially with marketing, it's very tempting to want to be clever, you know, to do something yeah. uh, clever with the subject line of your email or with your social media. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There have been some brilliant, brilliant social media and email marketing campaigns that are very clever. Um, yeah. But often, if you're a small business, you are overwhelmed with things to do, or if you're in any business, right? Um, and a clear, concise, compelling, relevant offer is going to yeah. get you far better results than a clever one that's kind of obtuse and hard to understand and um, may or may not resonate with people. You know, we're, yeah. we're all far more likely to say, to see the subject line of an email or um, an Instagram post or a Facebook post with a headline or a heading that's very clear about what's in it yeah. that resonates with me than I am something that, um, you know, maybe an email subject line that's uh, a winky emoji and the word, hey, well, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have time for that. I, you know, I, know. I want to know what's in there. So clear and clever, I mean, sorry, clear and um, clear is better than clever in my book, if, especially yeah. if you're pressed for time or you're just starting out. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said there as well, because there are clever campaigns, but there's a difference between doing clever and being clever. I think we should all try and do oh, clever yes. um, because, you know, we want to be the best that we can be. We want to be targeted. We want to get our message on point, but I absolutely agree. You know, being trying to be clever and being clever are what loses interest and loses some of your best customers right. because nobody likes a smart aleck. Nobody likes right. somebody who's trying to be clever than them. And, it's it's interesting you say that because uh, I think Donald Miller says in one of his books that you know confusion loses sales, mm, absolutely, and, and clarity is always the key. So I think that's a great strap line. Clear is always better than clever. Yeah, I, yeah, I love, love it. That. I, one of my favorite web design books back when I did web design was was titled "Don't Make Me Think." Mm, yeah, same idea. Don't, don't yeah. force people to, to decipher what you're saying. Yeah. Clear is better than clever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask one question before I go right. to, the, to the final coffee question. Uh, and you put in your bio that you've done campaigns to millions of subscribers for Lucasfilm. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Star Wars people. Yeah. Now, I've just started getting back into Star Wars. I, I started... As, as a sort of teenager watching the films. And then I got, I missed a couple and I got out of the sequence. Then I didn't get the confusion right. of the back to front sequence. So uh, the Disney plus channel has been a big thing for me because I managed to watch them all right. in sequence. Oh, wow. And now I'm on to the, the, the Mandalorian <clears throat> and other things uh, from sort of the sort of star Wars saga. Sure. Tell us a little bit about, or anything you can share. And I know obviously there's probably things that you can't share, but is there any any good story, anything good that you'd like to share with listeners about your work with the Star Wars people? Um, you know, my my work was uh, I was definitely an outsider, a, mm -hmm. a freelancer called in. Um, you know, I, I never went to the, the Lucasfilm campus, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, my involvement was in the early two thousands. Um, sending out email campaigns that were relevant to the anniversaries of their properties. Okay. So, um, and it was primarily film industry people we were sending this stuff to, which is kind of weird, right. but um, that's what they wanted to do. 
I don't know. I suspect it was probably in a general push to gain more credibility and maybe make Lucasfilm look favorable in the eyes of the Oscar uh, award people. Yeah. Um, beyond that, uh, unfortunately, it was just a, it was standard email campaign stuff. So, but, it, but it's interesting you mentioned the time there, because I think a lot of listeners who perhaps are more into their Star Wars and certainly more into it than I am. Mm-hmm. But even I recognize that that time period was really where the Star Wars saga was getting a kickstart, wasn't it? That's when right. some of the later right. films were starting to right. gain momentum. So it was rekindling, I suppose, that excitement, that interest in something that had probably lost its shine yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah. Gone yeah. a little Absolutely. bit dim. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I suspect, like I said, I don't know. I suspect this, this email campaign or all these email campaigns about their different intellectual properties to Hollywood insiders was probably related to all that kickstarting things, kickstarting yeah. interest. Um, they had events, they had special events and anniversary events that they were inviting people to. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to go. I was in San Francisco and they were in mm-hmm. LA, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think there was definitely something going on there. Um, yeah. I wish, I wish I had gotten to, to go and I wish I, uh, you know, had some, yeah. some compelling stories, but alas, no. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and but it's great to hear that and hear the timing and and to realize that email marketing. I know you mentioned in your bio, uh, you know, that the book is for small businesses and makers and side hustlers. But the I think we often forget that it's the big players that also take the benefit of email marketing. Absolutely. Email marketing is for everyone, isn't it? You know, there's Absolutely. no distinguishing between. And you know what? Uh, that should have been the title of the book. Gosh, darn it. Email marketing <laughs> is for everybody. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I struggled with, with how to, how to present the book. Um, but there are just as many large corporations who are struggling with getting email marketing up and running. And often because it's up to one or two people in that corporation to get it going. Yeah. So, but when they get it right, it does make a huge difference. Doesn't oh it? my you gosh. Know, yeah, it absolutely. Make a difference for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So thinking about your, your next uh, drink mm. and we all have those different drinks in business. If you could have your next drink, and as as I record this, yeah, I'm in lockdown in UK. I, I think you know the West Coast has probably had more of a severe lockdown, hasn't it, Absolutely, than some of the yeah, other parts yeah, of the US? Yeah. I don't know what your lockdown status is at the moment. Uh, um, it's it's still pretty severe. Is yeah. It? yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I've got sympathy for you then. Uh, <laughs> which which ties into the question now: If you could have your next drink in a dream location, mm. where would that dream location be? Just describe it to us. I, I think it would be on a tropical beach somewhere. Anywhere okay. is fine as long as it looks like a stereotypical postcard tropical setting, <laughs> uh, with with a lot of friends, just yeah. hanging around, having a drink, whatever your drink is, your pina colada, your beer, wine, whatever, and yeah. just uh, enjoying being outside and and drinking together and having some good conversations and maybe some shenanigans, uh, yeah. you know, getting out there. I've got to ask the question then: mm-hmm. Is it? Morning, or is it evening? Is it sunset it, or sunrise in the, on this on this beach? <laughs> not not right now, but on oh, this beach. Oh, right on the yeah. beach. It's, so you're on the beach with your friends, uh, having the whatever it is. Mm. What what time of day is it? Because I've got a picture in my mind of what what I would I like see. to see on that track. I, I would say it's between lunchtime and late afternoon. Okay, yeah, 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 uh, somewhere in there. Yeah. 
See, mine certainly, uh, as you were talking there, the picture I couldn't, particularly with friends, because you know, I haven't seen friends for so long. Uh, right. you know, I see clients, and some of those are friends. Um, but, you know, to have that sort of party. So for me, as you describing it there, I saw that postcard beach with the palm tree, you know, oh, hanging yeah. off of it, uh, and the waves gently lapping. But it was evening, and it was dark. And actually, oh, it was getting dark. It was sun sunset. Mm-hmm with a fire going on the beach and everybody's oh, wow. sitting around there sharing stories, having those drinks. So you've created a, a fantastic picture yeah. there of that beach. And that I think, sounds delightful too. Maybe I'll change my answer. To that. <laughs> yeah. But I think, the, I think the listeners, everybody, when people save a dream location, I think everybody creates their version of it. And that's why I love the question. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody puts themselves into their own picture of what that means to them yeah. as well as it does to you. Yeah. And I think that circles back around to why communicating clearly instead of cleverly is, is really powerful. We can, yeah. we can uh, impose our own experience on it. Yeah, definitely. Well, Keith, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, some, some great stories. Uh, you've shared some amazing tips uh, about making one unreasonable request every day. I've written it down on my little notepad here. Good. And certainly the second thing for me is, clear is always better than clever and the the ebook i suggest all the listeners go out there find it you know look for it on amazon look for it on apple books and just remind us where online we can get our hands on a copy of the book yep go to readeasyemail.com and that will get you everything you want to know and you can contact me at the website and i'd love to hear from you hear what you think Fantastic. Well, any reviews that you've got on there, please let Keith have the feedback and and share the successes you've had of how you've used the book as well. I'm sure there's going to be some amazing results that you're going to get from implementing those sim- 10 simple steps. So uh, let Keith know how it worked out. Uh, thank you very much for giving your time. I really do thank appreciate you, it. Thank you, Simon. I really enjoyed it. Great. And listeners, of course, this is part of my mission to help businesses around the globe by becoming better aware. And I think we've had lots of awareness today, whether it be from full city roast and talking about coffee all the way down to that clear is better than clever. And perhaps, perhaps Starbucks need to get a little bit back to that clarity as well. That might be a good thing with their roast. And of course we've had some great education and we've talked about our drinks in business too. It's been great to have you on the podcast and I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Absolutely. It's been a ton of fun. Cheers. Yep.